Welcome to Las Doctoras Podcast, featuring your favorite profas bringing women and gender studies topics out of the university and onto the kitchen table. I'm Christina, Chicana, Panay, queer, Sha, Aya, traveler, Earth, Mama, Bruja. I'm Renee, Mexicana, Tejana, Chicana, she, her, Aya, Mama, Bruja, scholar, and scribe. Together, we are the academic and word brujas creating revolutionary spaces outside the walls of the ivory tower to cast spells, read the ancient texts, and tell our sacred stories. We make this magic as an offering to our ancestors, to those who will come after us, and for the change we wish to see in the world. Salud! Welcome to Las Doctoras Podcast. This is episode 52, and I'm recording just a little bit of an introduction to this episode because um, it's a little bit of a different type of episode. Uh, Christina and I recorded an episode um, on the road. Uh, we just, or we're still currently in our spring break, and we decided to treat ourselves by going to the Glen Ivy Hot Springs Spa in um, towards Riverside, California. And so we thought it would be fun to just kind of record an episode on the way. Um, so yeah, I just want to let you know, please excuse the background sound. That is because we are in the car. Um, I tried to reduce the noise as much as I could, but um Again, we just wanted it to kind of be a fun conversation on the road and, you know, give you all an insight into the kinds of conversations we have on the road. Um, this is a real, true, authentic, like, this is what we would just talk about if we were just the two of us together. And we said, let's just turn on the mic and record ourselves and give you all a taste of, you know, of what we talk about. So... Enjoy the episode. Again, please excuse the background noise, and um, thanks. <laughs> Is that what you call your car? Yeah. <laughs> so we're coming to you from Christina's car, El Lobo. El Lobo. 2004 Corolla. 2004 with um, wind-up windows. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, like, 1995. <laughs> no. It's like a super packed Car. It's just missing the fact that it's manual. Like, if it was manual car, then I would really be like, okay. It'd be everything, you know, when totally. Virgo needs to make sure that nothing breaks down. Or if it does, I can still yeah. drive. Yeah. So, here we are. Renee has set us up with this amazing um, microphone yeah. in the car. On the phone with the adapter. She I even hope. took into consideration my, the background noise of an old car. <laughs> I mean, let's just see. I, we'll see what happens. Impressive. We'll see what happens. We'll see how it, how it sounds. We're taking you on the road with us. I think um, uh-huh. we just wanted to record an episode that is very organic. Yes. Um, we're also, it's spring break for us this week. Yeah. It's the beginning of our spring break. We really want to lean into that and not do a lot of work, including 
including mm-hmm. any of our work. And yeah. so we just thought, like... Capturing our lives, capturing our joy, because we're heading to Glen Ivy. We're heading to Glen Ivy. Yeah, we're heading for a spotting. Woo-woo! We're doing it! <laughs> so, um... So, yeah. So, I think we just wanted to take the time to record without infringing on the rest of mm. our spring break. <laughs> so we're like, we're going to be in the car for an hour. Let's just record something. And then we get to just enjoy the time at Glen Ivy yeah. and enjoy the rest of the spring break. I think June, would, our business coach, would, would totally celebrate us in this. Oh, 100%. This is what she's been wanting us to do forever. 100%. Yeah. 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 So we're here... Um, I think we can start with Christina was questioning where the Virgo in my chart is. I was, but she said she even planned um, for the, um, the ambient noise in I, my I, car yeah. versus her new car. <laughs> I um, I was like, I almost like lost my. I think I think I don't have. I don't think I have any. No. Maybe like one placement. Capricorn. Capricorn's thoughtful um, like that. Maybe. But I think what it is, is I actually think that because I surround myself with a lot of Virgos, you and Priscilla and, like, Leslie's Virgo, Salisa's Virgo, like... This is true. I feel like I surround myself with a lot of Virgos, so... Wow, you do. Wow. um, But they're all kind of, like, not... Like, not traditional Virgos. Not traditional Virgos. You know, we all have, like, this wild card, I think. Yeah. Which I think helps me not feel like I need that that as a water sign I need the structure that Virgos offer me. I thrive in structure. I think which is why I don't always get along with other kids. <laughs> not that I don't get along, but there's just a little bit more of um, clashiness. Interesting. And I think it's because we're both just. So emotional, yeah, yeah, yeah. See the crab eyes, and so I think Virgos allow give me the structure, the um, the like boundaries that I that I need and that I thrive on. So Uh then I can be my best self when I have like growing up. You know, my mom is Aquarius. I gotta see what her rising and moon sign are. I think that also helps us a lot. I think you kind of um, understand me more because of my moon moon in Aquarius. Yeah. But she was just so, like, everything was very, it's interesting. My mom, she's definitely a perfectionist. Everything had to be clean. Everything had to be a certain way. But I don't think that that's innately who she is either. I think that that's a a trauma response. Yeah. Um, She might have, like, a Virgo rising. Maybe she might. But I think that, like, um, it did offer me something. Like, uh, so in high school, I woke up every single day, ironed. My uniform, skirt, and shirt every single day. And, like, throughout the day, I didn't care if it got wrinkled or whatever because I was like, oh. But I wanted to always start the day looking really nice. Oh, that was you. That wasn't your mom that was me. you to do no, that? No, that was me. No. Ah. And, and then I just always had a structured life. You know, I had school and I had yeah. activities. and But I really thrived in it because I, I really liked having something to do. There were times where I was like, oh, I just want to do nothing. Yeah. And so it was a little hard. But when I look back, I thrived a lot and I was able yeah. to um, excel because I had such good structure. So I think that um, 
I'm able to let all my watery self be what it is when there is really solid foundation and structure, which is why I like to have all these things so then I can just let go in the moment. I, um, yeah, I think the Virgo inherently, like, comes, like, tends, wants to be that way, maybe a little too much, like, structured and perfect, you know, in those ways, and yeah. then I have those other parts that don't allow me to do that, which you, you, you know, name is my Gemini, my Gemini rising, you yeah. know, okay. but, um, I think that Cancers are my, my go-to people, they're dependable, loyal, I can count on them to show up, but they're not earth signs. I can definitely count on Tauruses and Capricorns to show up too. So I think you show up in emotional ways for me. The water, you know, I think that's something that helps me quite a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that beautiful relationship between the Cancer and the Virgo. Yeah. We're definitely a power couple. (laughs) I think Minachi told us that. Yes. And I was like, let's lean into that. But I mean, okay, so not all all our astrology stuff. We're in spring break. I we're think going to the water. We're going, oh, you know. You yeah. know the yeah. water is my home. Yeah. Water is my home, though, too. You know, it's yeah. so interesting. Um, I well, have Gemini. I feel like Gemini kind of has some water in it. Or an Aquarius. Or Aquarius, Aquarius. Totally you know? Aquarius. But, um, yeah, water is my place where I'm really present. Yeah. Like, with my little one, when we're in the water together, I just... Well, number one, you can't have your cell phone. You can't, like... <laughs> I mean, all my... Yeah. Um, yeah. Work tendencies kind of go out the window. Because what yeah. else, you know? So, this is, um, I think, the beginning of something really special for us, maybe. I don't know. We've got to get Glenn Ivy members for $1,700 oh, a year. Just kidding. <laughs> each. Each. Okay. <laughs> maybe the family plan. We can just say we're married. True. Or we're done. Anyways, but um, um, so where do we want to talk about? I know, I know that there's some things that we've had on the back burner that we've kind of wanted to talk about. I know we wanted to talk about like some parenting things, um, but maybe if the any other updates that we want to, I mean, I, okay, let's talk about this. So yeah, this past weekend, cruise my oldest son, ten years old, he had a um a swim meet. He's a swimmer. I have to say that I never imagined I'd be a swim mom. Like, I knew my kids would play sports because that was such a big thing for Tommy and I. Like, sports was, you know, the center of our lives. Um, and I think I imagined they'd play soccer like us. But, um... And they do, right? The and they do. Like, Santos does, yeah. Um, yeah. But Cruz has just really taken a swim in a way I don't think I imagined you know, when I was like imagining kids, but I love it. I love every second of it. I'm so proud of him. He had a really good, um, meet this weekend. He performed really well. And he was telling the story Yes, about Cruz and, um, he had a really good meet this weekend. Yes. And on Saturday, cause he had, it was two days, Saturday and Sunday. So Saturday he ran he ran. I always say run. It's just like he swam. He swam. But because I come from such a track background, yeah. track and running background, that um, that running is just my immediate vernacular. Anyway, yeah. so uh, he 
had a swim meet. Yes. And he swam really good. So on Saturday, like, he did really good, and we took pictures, and I posted pictures. And when I posted, I said something about, like, I think Aulito would be really proud. I didn't tell him because I posted it, like, after he had gone to bed. And Love stuff. the connection. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. And then the next day, we were at his meet. So Sunday, that was yesterday. We were at his meet, and he's, like, um, getting ready. You know, he's, like, warming up, and he's about to go ahead to kind of get in line for his event. And he looks at me and he's like, do you think Abuelito would have wanted to be here? And I was like, you know, fighting back tears. And I said, he would have been at every meet cruise, I promise you. And he was, you know, that he just kind of made him happy. And he went and he did amazing. And right before he was like gonna swim, I like just started getting, I like the the moment came up again in my head and that's when I texted you and I was like oh my god like you know the fact that he out of nowhere just kind of thought of it and it came to him and you know I think so, it, it yeah. was a reminder for me that he is there you know yeah. that he is yeah there with him and there's a presence and that Cruz can feel that presence yeah um that was really nice um yeah I love that you texted me that I I literally was just like he's there yeah you know and and I love that that brought that sense of family being around to my yeah. day too you know yeah. so so that was a nice moment and again he did really good and so at the end of the day I, I told him like last night before I went to bed I just said you know I think the fact that you or maybe it was this morning I said I think the fact that you thought about Aulito when you were there means that he was telling you he was there with you and he was you know he's really happy and it's it's, I think I get, I mean, obviously I get emotional for my own reasons, but I, I think I get, I'm really validated that he, he was two years old when my dad died and, you know, I just kept thinking, is he going to remember, is he going to, and I think because we do so much work to keep whatever memories he does have alive, you know, and we talk about him all the time, and, you know, he's just a part of the conversation and um so I, it just makes me happy to know that he still thinks about it mm-hmm. you know and it's totally. something that <clears throat> that's something that comes into his mind you know because mm-hmm. it can it's easier for him to just not think about I mean yeah, yeah. I mean there was different I, I was we were talking about my grandfather mm-hmm. on the other day and you know it was a very different situation but you know I was really close to my grandfather and I was like maybe 12 or 13 when he died yeah but there hasn't been as much because my mom and him didn't have um the best relationship so there's a lot of resentment there yeah so there's not this mm, there's no tension. sentiment there yeah. with him the way there is with my dad <clears throat> so um so it's different like you know I don't really think about my grandfather on a daily basis the way yeah. that my I think about my dad obviously but then to feel like Cruz thinks about him you know his grandfather in that way that feels really good I love it you know to, to think that that memory stays alive yeah well we I mean that's something we just share so deeply I think yeah. um, our loved ones our beloved dead you know really wanting to wanting our children to remember them and to know them and to understand because they, they, meant, they meant so much to us, right? Yeah. I also really, really love how much you love water. And before we recorded this, right, we had a conversation about um, 
how you did do track and you didn't do swim when you were um, a kid. Um, and how I, I just think that, I mean, I think Cruz's innate connection to it is, is just maybe a generational healing thing, you know, too, well, you know? Interesting. Two things I'll say is one, mm-hmm. when Cruz was, the, Cruz was like six months when he started swim lessons. Yeah. Um, it was just, you know, like mommy and me, like that everybody kind of does. I love those. And, um, and that summer, Tommy and I, I think, oh, it was our anniversary and we wanted to go to Vegas. No, it wasn't six months. When was yeah. it? Was it six months or the following year? I can't remember. There was one time when I wasn't, or maybe it was the year after. So he was a year and a half. It had to be a year after. So he was 18 months. It was a year and a half. And he had some lessons. And um, Tommy and I were going to go to Vegas for our anniversary. And so I was going to miss, like, the last day of his swim lessons. Uh-huh. And I asked my dad, I said, can you just take him for oh. his last day? And so there's pictures. Oh, I just love it. <laughs> there's pictures of my dad in the pool with Cruz. Love. And, like, having him jump off the side and, like... Because my dad was just a lot more, like, challenging. You know, I was like, eh, my baby. And, you know, my dad's like, come on, jump in. And, <laughs> you know. So my mom has oh. all these pictures of Cruz um, and my dad in the pool together. Oh, they're up in our house. Because she has so many yeah. beautiful pictures. That's so great. So I was like, and it's, it's, I need to see those pictures. And yeah. it's kind of interesting because, like, for my niece's quinceanera, we did a whole slideshow, and we so of course we busted out all these pictures. And my brother has pictures of my dad and and Bella playing soccer, and my dad and him like running together in the sports that she does. And I, I I did have, I will say one of the first thoughts that came to mind when my dad died was, oh, he's never gonna be able to see my kids play soccer. Like that was yeah. a really like hard thing for me. Um, and so then you know this quinceanera, and there's these pictures of my dad running and playing soccer with Bella. And I kind of felt sad, and then I remembered, oh, wait, no, he's, there's pictures of him swimming with Cruz, and that's Cruz's sport. So, like, I do have pictures of him doing his sport with him. Uh Then, a few years later, I Uh did this Akashic Records reading with somebody. I love it, yes. And she was like, something about my dad and something about Cruz. And she's like, I just keep seeing, like, a shark. (laughs) And I was like, and I couldn't try to, like, and then I was like, oh, like, the ocean, like, water, like, he's swimming. And she said something like, he's there, you know, while he's, like, swimming, you know, like, that's where, that's where Cruz can connect with him. So cool. So all of those things, you know, just kind of remind me, um. So I was just, I was, it was a really good weekend. I was really happy, um, which I think gets, gets into our conversations, like behind the scenes conversations that we've been having about parenting a lot. I think as our kids are getting into a new phase in childhood, right? We're coming out of early childhood, coming into, you know, seven, eight, (laughs) my 10 year old, like. We're coming into a different phase of, of parenthood and, and what does that mean both for where the kids are at, but also like our, <laughs> our, our, our journey as moms. Like, yeah. 
I always say that first year to year and a half to two years, you're just trying to keep the kid alive, right? Like you're just, yes. and then all of a sudden now you have to like teach them things (laughs) and teach them boundaries and teach them in, in that, in, you know, that age appropriate way. Now they're coming into like, they're real people that are going to be out in the world and we're not going to be the only ones influencing them. Right. They're going to be getting influence from all kinds of different places now. And it's like, how do we manage both what we're trying to instill in them? Yes. Recognizing that they're going to be out in the world and things are going to come at them. And so how do we, uh, how do we prepare them? How do we give them the tools to be able to handle it? How do we maintain our family values? Like what are our family? Like, all of it. Yes, exactly. How do we create this, like, stability and rhythm and and also, like, just be ourselves, you know? And yeah. I think the other element I'd add is um, I, I knew maybe from other parents, you know, but also just knowing me, and I think this is the same with you, we do things when we do them, we have, we have a really deep feeling or desire in parenting, like, um, that might be different so like I think we are seven kind of too we are eight we're trauma informed we are trauma informed for ourselves for our so there's space to be like I I think this is why like yeah so much is coming up for me around um you know having emotionally available parents Mm. being Mm. a place Mm. of repair you know I think because um like our children's ages are bringing up our own like healing journey in yeah. a way that might be more significant because of who we are. Um, yeah. But regardless, it is it is a it is wild. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that you know we I, and I say trauma informed in that like we try our best to be trauma informed. Yes. Because I think we've always come to parenting from the place of we know what worked and what didn't work yes with our parents with us and we're really trying to do something different but we know that we don't have there's not the manual there's not the model for that like we're kind of making it up as we go along and yes we have a lot of resources you know like latinx parenting like being trying to put ourselves in communities where other people are invested in the same thing right like we're really trying to create the supportive networks to be able to do that but we're still kind of making it up as we go along and so with each new phase of parenting we're kind of like oh shit like how do we do this knowing what we don't want to do but then also I think something that's been kind of coming up in our conversations and a lot of different things is also like not perpetuating purity culture or perfectionism as well right and what we mean by purity culture is not just in terms of sex but also in terms of like that things have to be perfect in order for them to be right so in our efforts to not want to traumatize our kids the way that we were traumatized yes we might overcompensate right or we, we, we might want to like shield too much be, uh-huh. you know and we have to be like we have to find the balance with I want to protect my kids yes with I also want to give them the tools to be able to handle yeah. the world that is not going to 
but be protective of them, right? Like, yes. we can only protect our kids to a certain extent, right? And I think you said it in a conversation, like, we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna be protective in a way maybe that our parents didn't or couldn't or didn't know yeah. how to or didn't have the tools for. And yeah, we're not trying to say we're leaving them to the wolves, right? We're like, no, we are gonna step in when things need to be stepped in for. But there are certain situations that we can't be there for. There are there are scenarios where we may not even know until later, you know, things that have happened. Yeah. And so how can we give them find the balance between protecting them from unnecessary things while also giving them the tools to when they encounter these things on their own to be able yes. to decipher what is safe and what is not safe and then to be able to say like hey this thing happened <laughs> you know yeah. and how do we work through it as a family you know oh, it's so good it's so good I think that's exactly what it is and you know I think the, again, another thing I'll add to that is I want to be able to do that from a place of internal grace, and I'm struggling with that. So, like, we watched Mandalorian the other day. Because <laughs> he really We watched loved, Mandalorian. I know, I know. We watched Baby Yoda, and he's heard about like, kids in his class. And so, but then I woke up in the night feeling so terrible. So I'm feeling, like, uh, because then I was like, why are we, why are we watching, like, Ferdinand again, you know, or something like that, or... I just struggle there's an internal struggle and then um for me and I know I know it has to do with my my purity culture perfectionism as a Virgo for sure <laughs> um but I want to be able to step into that with grace I also want to be able to say like because you know single mom we're at home on the weekends yeah. I can't get out as much and so we've been, we have been watching a little bit more you know um he has yeah. been on his iPad playing his like reading games you know and things which yeah. is so cool well I have way too much criminal mind so um which I also feel really both like indulgent about I mean it's I'm not gonna I, I guess it's comparable to your like reality shows you know yeah those cerebral yeah. criminal mind shows I'm like why am yeah. I watching this yeah but I really can't help myself and then later I just feel I don't feel good about it See, and I want to just be like no Miha it's okay yes, yes. you needed that zone out it's okay you know Yes, and I think two things here reminds me of diet culture, like the last podcast that we, we had, right, where this oh. idea of, like, unhealthy foods, and if you're just eating, so you're, not only are you, eat, quote, unquote, eating the unhealthy foods, and we'll unpack that, but, like, then you're feeling guilty about it after, instead of just enjoying yes. the fucking pizza, and ah. calling it a day, and then just recommitting to making sure you're also eating other things, right, like, but we don't need to label food, and I think that's what you're doing with media right we're saying oh we don't want to watch media but then we know that sometimes it is what life is what it is and we rely on it yeah. and then we feel guilty about it after so we're it's like it's a lose-lose situation then rather than just no, saying no. yeah I showed my kids you know this show because it's a family bond like for me it's a family bonding thing like it's the show the one show we all watch together and we yeah you know follow it and everything so and I'm like I, I'll take that over yeah. you know, whatever damage it might cost in the end. Um, yeah. which actually like this is, you know, this is something that our kids school, you know, they're all about no media yeah. and I've always kind of pushed back on that in, and that I do think it perpetuates uh, purity culture. Um, because then we're actually not preparing them to be able to, um, critically read media. Right. Yeah. 
Um, anyway, that's a, that's well, a, a side I mean, conversation. I mean, this but. is like part of my like you know uh, train of thought with uh, Mandalorian or like the Star Wars series is when we were kids, I, it was really effed up. There was no women in this series. <laughs> I didn't. I don't want to be Princess Leia. You know, yeah. like you know, and now there's more. So I will say, I have some like I'm like it's better now. You know, there's more. It's not I like have George to say, Lucas and everything. I have to say too, mm-hmm. compared to what some kids I know watch and really? do, The Mandalorian is nothing. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I I mean, there's people who are watching kids who are watching all kinds of crazy shows and movies, yeah. and like. Yeah, no, my kid doesn't watch that, you know, or like, I, I think we're really mindful. Want, yes, I, I get concerned too, like, I don't want them to grow up thinking, oh gosh, so much of this, so much it's of okay. you talking, um, but um, I don't want them to, him to think like he has to like protect and like, we're in a war, and I actually kind of love the framing of like, there is a greedy empire out there, you know. Like, I, I mean, we that's are the way part I've of the resistance, you know. Like, <laughs> and um, and here's what those people look like. They look totally different, and and you know, they're strange. They're kind of the oddballs. They're, and we can be that, and they can look like anything, you know. Like, I love that we're talking Star Wars. So, <laughs> I think Star Wars is a. I, I don't always... tell any of my exes. I don't want them to know that I am. <laughs> That, well, we all know you're really a Trekkie at heart, so it's okay. <laughs> but I think Star Wars... I know Wars Baby is, Yoda is in Star Trek The Next I Generation. I think that so. Star Wars... You know, even the idea of the Force and there being the light side and the dark yeah. side and that really um, Star Wars is, has always been about achieving balance, right? And that that's why you need... Um, Do you think so? That's what that's that's always been the thing. That's always the light been and the, dark balance, really. They've always that's always been the underlying thing is that there's been this seeking to achieve balance, and so oh, when um, when Darth Vader has you know early in those in those episodes, right, Darth Vader and um, and what happened with Anakin, right, is that because of the trauma in his life, losing his parents he was more susceptible to the dark side innately and then Palpatine um, took advantage of that and like brought him over like taught him how to feed into his dark side um, rather than finding that balance right which was what the Jedi's were always trained to do was to to find that balance between the light and the dark side and then in the newer episodes I can't even believe I'm talking this right now well, I, this is very healing for me because I still, I feel like I, I don't know all the nuances of this. And sometimes yeah. I'm like reframing it for Jaguar. It's like, don't listen to them how they're talking about the dark side. Oh, you know, no. The we'll dark side has always been. Side, you know, like. It's, it's again, it's like anything. It's like masculinity versus toxic masculinity. Where uh, in that, the problem isn't masculinity in and of itself. The problem is, it is when it becomes toxic, yeah. right? Because of patriarchy. So the dark side was never something innately evil. It was yeah. just recognizing that we all have that in us and that we can all be vulnerable and susceptible to only feeding into that which is what Palpatine did with um Mm -hmm. with Anakin who became Darth Vader and then he did the same thing with um uh Kylo Ren right yes and um oh my god Luke Skywalker was one of afraid because he saw his own dark side 
Uh, and that's why he didn't want to keep training training Jedis because he became afraid of the potential of his own dark side because of what he saw happen to Darth Vader and to yeah. Kylo Ren. I do love how the Emperor is so white. That really makes <laughs> me really happy in the end. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, there's that's been always the under... I mean, and I'm probably very... Like, I'm talking fundamental Star Wars, you know, philosophy yeah. here. There's people who will really dive into it and talk about yeah. the light and the dark. And it's always been about achieving balance and that yeah. the universe will find a way to balance itself. Um, sometimes through uh, these means, right? Like violent um, means. Mistakes or, or, or whatnot or, or yeah. um, non-inclusive so it's been yeah no it's it's that's again that's why I've always found it so powerful because even <laughs> Santos when he was little we really are going on like I love it I love it our digression Santos was really little and he yeah. was always loved Kylo Ren okay loved the dark side Jaguar loves loves and so I think it's know? okay to yeah allow them to go that I mean Santos is an Aries right so it's kind of like yeah. <laughs> that makes sense and so I think because what happens I think they talk about this in Star is Wars too be the Star Wars as um as astrology, astrology? oh I'm sure oh, where's that at? we gotta find that okay. um but I think that um what happens is why what what Anakin and um um Ben Solo what happens to them is that they the fear takes over yeah. Right? Because their evilness was not born out of their dark side per se. It was born out of the fear of, yes. you know, all these other things, right? Like, and how Palpatine um, perpetuated that in them, right? Oh, you need to be afraid of blah, blah, blah coming and taking over, coming and trying to, you know, yeah. do all these things, which actually reminds me of a lot of politics these days, right? Like, yeah. so much of it is fear based. Um, I mean, I think that applies to what we were, what I was just talking about, about these cycles within ourselves, you know, with our children. We're afraid we, of, like, what's going to happen We're afraid if, of our yeah. dark side or Yay. whatnot, you know, like, um, again, I put dark in really quotation marks. I really yeah. don't like saying to put dark side in those ways because I think we live in a racist society. It's, it's very much misconstrued um, and used to really right, you know, hurt people. So, but... Um, but yeah, we have that side of ourselves that needs, I don't know, what, what's considered shadow in our society, shadow. our shadow side. Just rest or like to, to zone out or to like feel like all of and our And not emotions, be afraid of it. You know? I think that's, I think when, when Santos was little and he really loved Kylo <laughs> Ren, I was like, I think that's okay because yeah. then it's not a scary thing. Yeah. He's not a scary figure. He was, even in the last, last episode, you yes. see him come around again, right? Yeah. And I, I always felt like that. I think after becoming a mom and seeing him, I was like, oh my God, like this poor, poor kid, kid. Yeah. right? Like has all this resentment towards his father and yeah. his, you know, idolizes his grandpa. Like, oh, again, we're talking about this. But I think when we can teach our kids not to be afraid of, of those things, yes. right? And to embrace those parts of them yes. um, alongside the, you know, other things, then, yes. you know, that's how it, achieve balance which I think it does it, it's a good conversation to talk about when we talk about masculinity and toxic masculinity mm. right and oh that interesting coming yeah. from being raised by these radical feminist professors and the, the truth of the matter is that they're still going to encounter toxic masculinity out in the world yes. and they're going to still have their own journey because they are yes. boys they are men and they do want to have some semblance of acceptance I imagine you know within society and yes um 
And so I think they're going to have their own journey with toxic masculinity that we can't prevent, right? Like we cannot prevent them from being exposed to it and from them figuring out their place in it, but we can hold our family values, which are, you know, we do not perpetuate systems of oppression, you know, to the best of our ability. We come from a non-violent non-violent you know, we advocate we resistance you yeah know? uh-huh um, we model too we model. i think you know our own journey like so that's that's where that comes into play i want to model like i can be tired and sony out and i can be a little addictive to my <laughs> criminal mind you know like and also we can give them like for jaguar he's like oh like he just wants to gender me in a very Mm. still like even though there's just so much in his life that's not binary in the the gender Mm. world he's like you're like you know a a woman a girl and I was like actually I I identify as she they you know Sha which is from our family tradition you know like um, and so wanting to just do all of this from a place of like sacred confidence right you know Mm. not, not from a place of like apology or that's hard that's that's hard that's the hard part i i feel like that's where i and again it's not to be perfect i'm trying to say that yeah 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 perfect but i think that's where i i some work can be done i I think i get really like that i love that sacred confidence we're almost we're almost at the spot i know Um, but yeah i think that's where i get a little like shaky like sometimes I'm saying things and I'm not even sure (laughs) I'm like uh, 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 like I'm Uh fumbling but I think again that grace of giving myself like Uh even I I have to say that even just having the intention and even sometimes just holding space for awkward conversations Mm -hmm. and without any real conclusion or maybe you're fumbling over shit is better than what we had before and we're just going to continue. This is just a papa. Just like yeah. a little note of wisdom as you go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Like Cruz has been doing a, a project on spiders and they had to learn what the life cycle of it was. And, you know, it says the male spider or the female spider eats the male spider after they mate. <laughs> and so he's like, oh, so the mommy and dad, the mommy eats the daddy spider after they get married. And I was like, OK, we're going to use we're just going to stick to male and female because uh, uh-huh. I know. And I keep telling him, like. People don't have to be married to have kids. Oh, man. That's such a first grade thing. It comes up all the time. And I'm so like, I'm, I'm like, them. yeah, like I keep saying that. And I don't so, want to be married. And I think there's still, I don't, we, I don't, we haven't exactly had the full on, like, yeah. where babies history, come from history of oppression. Yes. Oh, yes. that, like, like how biologically it happens. Mm-hmm. I got some good books. Yeah. I mean, we, there's, yeah, we've talked about private parts and things like that, but not the whole, yes. like, the egg and the sperm and the you know so I think um I think that like I will say Cruz is definitely a hopeless romantic (laughs) you know what I was gonna say that earlier Cruz is so like I know he's Capricorn yes he's just got this beautiful heart I can feel he's so I just so I think there's a little bit of he's the older like yeah he's in Jaguar's life I just want to say that yeah oh that's nice so I think, but anyway, so it's interesting. Yeah, so it's like those kind of, uh, and I'm like, oh, this is an opportunity to have this conversation, and I'm stumbling through it. Uh, uh, uh. But again, I think it's still better than, you know, 
what we had before and you know and and yeah it's just and I do think even just intention just I be you know we're in a world right now and so much um is being attacked right um ethnic studies and gender studies and queer studies and like everything is being so hyper attacked that for us to go out of our way to even just have the intention of something different is a lot in the face of what we're dealing with right and we want our kids to feel like they're a part of a community they have family values and that we are a part of like a resistance you know that's something (laughs) but I mean I know we want them to raise them maybe like feminist intersectional feminist kids you know like and in a way that's not oppressive well, and I think also, or too, like, like I want to perfect, you know, and I want to give them the space for like, I think for us, it's become our job, right? So it's such a central part of our identity, but I also want to give them the freedom to do whatever they want to do and that be the lens through which they look, yes. right? Does that make sense? Like, of it doesn't have it does. to be the That's central thing celebrate them as boy, that boys, what they you know, do like, but it, they can go and be an architect, right? That has a, an understanding of feminism, oh, and, totally. And then, and it, it's a, it impacts how they do what they do. Oh, in fact, I want that so much. I think yeah. about I want that for us. Yeah, true. As we <laughs> as we as we retire or yes, we go into yes. the next phase of our life, we don't need to, you know, have the job, you know, of carrying the torch, you know, like. Yeah, we want activism just to be a part of us, so then we can just do our live creative our work. Life. Yeah, yeah, just be just ourselves. Our yeah, um, I think we do what we do because there wasn't space to. to yeah, we, we've had it's our, it's our wounding, so we've had to take it. Well, on, and I know? also think it's our divine assignment. Oh, I love that too. I think that there are people that yeah, this is what we were meant to do, you know, and 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 I gladly take that on but I, I want my kids to choose it to choose it on their own yeah and to it be just a part of how they do whatever work they end up whatever their divine assignment is yeah. you know um or however they end up in that journey look at us Atlanta <sighs> Ivy Hot Springs I know it's it's complicated we don't think it's perfect just gonna say it out loud but we're here and um <laughs> non-purity culture here trying to like live into you know we're just gonna have fun and i like on their website how they say red ivy hot springs was actually like an indigenous like you know hot springs gathering you think that's a new thing they did i think they did it's almost like it's like naming a a street after the people you killed you know or something (laughs) like that which is all of california okay so i know i'm gonna try to like go into you know just presents here and I am it's very like excited. when we went to Joshua Tree and we got that tour from the guy and oh, he kept saying when he said primitive people and we were like what the fuck yeah. and we were really just trying to be present you mean and, like, but we just yeah. talked shit after oh, okay. I can park over here oh yes um so very so we're here this is our fun little um road trip episode we hope you enjoy. This is what we do on any road trip is we just talk. We do. So we brought you with us and I'm, I really hope yeah. it all recorded well. <laughs> Same. If I not, know. we still had a fun conversation. I agree. <laughs> I know. All right. Maybe we can still pull from little things. Okay. Yeah. Have a great one, everyone. Have Bye. Spring break. Intro and outro song is called Foreign Fog by The Corner House, a band that features our dear friend Danelia Arechiga.
Vengo a trabajar por 